Today we're joined by Lior Spira. Lior, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, everyone. So you and I were joking. We've kind of known each other for many years on LinkedIn and all the communities, but yet I don't think we've actually ever spoken to each other. No, I think this is the first time we're meeting face to face. That's absolutely true. Uh, and then remind me, where are you based out of again? Um, so I'm based in Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, super hot today. Um, 100% humidity. You don't want to go outside. Stay. We're staying at, uh, uh, in rooms with AC. So, but it's super lovely here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, dad joke. I think this episode of the podcast is going to be even hotter than that. So, I'm just. <laughs> Jump right in. I have an intro I'm going to read out just so the audience knows who you are, even though I know who you are. So Lior is a leader in revenue operations with the relentless pursuit of growth and solving problems. She has a love for building profitable and sustainable revenue streams from the ground up, leveraging standard sales as a service SaaS, go-to-market metrics, strategy, and benchmarking. And it stems from her bigger purpose to change things for the better. And so like most revenue operations leaders, she thrives under intense pressure and challenges. And every company she's joined, she says that RevOps is in her DNA. I love that. This is a great intro, by the way. Probably one of the best I've read. Thank you. It took me a lot of time to write it and actually trying to send the message that I, um, you know, how RevOps, how I, how, how I feel about RevOps and see RevOps. And I think... Um, I think you and I, we started speaking about revenue operation, mostly sales operations back then because nobody knew what is RevOps. But um, I think, yeah, so it's like I, I truly believe in the mission and vision. So for me, it's um, like from joining a company and actually establishing and building uh, not just the function, but also, you know, all the processes and trying to send the message internally and bring, bring everyone together to the table and not just speak with one another, but also, also work together uh, with one uh, process is just it's more than it's like music uh, to uh, management and team ears so um, orchestrating that I think it, it's it's yeah it's fabulous I yeah. love it so just to go back to that like I started posting on LinkedIn around the COVID time frame everyone was indoors and I had a lot more time on my hands than I thought so I started posting on LinkedIn and at first I Spent way too much time on it. I'd probably spend 30 minutes a day, you know, really crafting what I'm going to write on LinkedIn. Now I just dial it down to five minutes. And I think a lot of folks think, oh my gosh, this guy, Jeff, is just spending so much time on LinkedIn. Like, no, I'm not. I'm really just spending five, 10 minutes. I shout something out into the ether. And if people vibe with it, all good. And you know what? It's opened a lot of doors, I think, for both you and I. So kudos to you for always sharing, you know, something that's so relevant or something that's top of mind for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's super easy. Like living, I, I think I started uh, posting on LinkedIn uh, through that time as well. We had lots of time, but um, but also I think this was the best time to really, you know, um, speak about RevOps because of the situation. And, you know, it started then and now we're seeing it more now because of uh, uh, the mind, like changing the mindset from moving from growth to efficiency and, and productivity. Um, and yeah, and I think, it's really easy to write about uh, revenue operations or methodologies and, uh, and metrics and processes just because when you live it and you believe in it and you see the value on your day-to-day job, um, it's just super easy because eventually you're not, you're not just doing good to the company, you're doing good with the teams, you're doing good to your, with yourself, you're doing good with, with your career and, and self-development. So it's like, um, yeah, it's like it's, it becomes not just piece of cake, but I think more of 
of a more than a hobby or just something to post on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, before every interview, I always have a prep call with our guests and you and I were talking about the startup scene in Tel Aviv and Israel and how great some of the innovation that's happening in that area of the world. And so when I'm thinking of startups, I've worked for startups for the last decade. It can be chaos. It could be fast moving parts. And that's because a lot of the infrastructure just isn't there and it's fragmented. Like you'll log in and your head of sales is the CRM admin. Maybe even your founder CEO is a is, is an admin in all the tools. And so there's a, there's a real thought around when they build in that first revenue operations leader, there's a goal to centralize those functions with someone who has a core competency in it. I'd love to explore that topic with you a little bit. Like, you know, how do you turn chaos into order through potential centralization with revenue operations? Um, first, uh, you need to sell the, the idea and make sure that not just the team, the go-to-market teams, um, especially, of course, sales and marketing and even customer success, uh, but also the founders, the management, the leader, like the CEO, they believe in transparency and also 360 customer overview. And it's not just a buzzword. It actually, you know, making sure that you're bringing everyone to one platform, CRM, and it can be Salesforce, HubSpot, whatever you want. But also you, you want to make sure that uh, you build a seamless process, reduce the friction by connecting everyone with one another. Like you sort of uh, making sure that the conversation is seamless and you can move the information and the data from one department and one team to the other without even having a short Zoom call, just because uh, you want to make sure that at every time um, or at every point that you want to know something about either the pipeline or the conversion rates or the progress of the team or uh, who is doing a good, who is not, how, how can we support or improve um, um, the performance of uh, a specific person, an individual or uh, a specific team, then you need to have everything together and you need to have the data. So, um, so to do, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm working at startups, it's just, it's an addiction. Um, everybody's uh, telling me that, you, that sometimes I need to go back to, I started my career in a corporate and, um, but I think in the past nine years or 10 years, I'm working as different, in different startups, but it's kind of addiction because you come to this chaos, you join, uh, you know, you join teams that they don't know where is what and what is where and who is talking to who and who is holding the information and what is happening with the customer or um, are we uh, having a lot of like pipeline of prospects uh, or not and blah, blah, blah. And, and then um, bringing our magic or bringing our knowledge uh, for the first time by listening to the pen and listen, listening to everyone complaining, you just, I think if you're a good RevOps and you don't need to be a good RevOps by experience, you need to listen and then digest the information in your head and, and, and start, you know, um, writing it down in a way that it's not just a process, but also you, you're making sure that everyone are going to be a stakeholder of a, a specific milestone in the process. And then you move forward, you, um, you build, you design this architecture um, by writing it. And then once you deploy it and start implementing it in, in the systems, then a dream is coming true. So um, I think, yeah, and, and, and I think this is what most satisfying because usually you will change your, in startups, you will change the process. I think every 
day or every minute and not just every month. And eventually you will want to optimize the process, but you won't have the opportunity to do so because everything is changing so fast and teams are growing or um, uh, or employees are leaving like all the time, every time. So you don't have stability uh, with the organization. And I think, and this is the fun because you always like you need to make sure that you have once you have a good and simple process then you can just scale not even not just by revenue but also with everything with the with the optimization with the data with the metrics with the transparency that you're creating and the conversation that you're making sure that you're having with all go to market teams so i keep thinking you know in corporate america or corporate glo- the globe you mentioned the word corporate but you know when you look at startups they're corporations too but they just don't act quote unquote corporate and there's a phrase that i always think when you try to introduce change to a large audience you'll hear this phrase that says that's the way we've always done it right (laughs) you know there's inertia there's a status quo so the energy you know the object wants to stay at rest there the second thing that i think of with a startup though is the opposite well i'm doing it this way because no one has told me how to do it there's no process so I'm going to do it the way I knew how to do it at my last company. They bring their old habits into the new company. It might work, actually. And so I always think there's a couple of key themes that you mentioned in your, in your anecdote there that I think is really important. 360 degrees, meaning the ability to see an object or the problem from different angles and maybe you know turn, turn the cube this way or that way. You might see something new. Transparency, the ability to get everyone to see the same, the same information. Uh, the information in the same way, but maybe with their diverse and problem experiences and skill sets to see something new. Connections, right? Working as a team, I think that's critically important. And the stakeholders, accountability. So someone there to hold the team to account. And I think revenue operations is a fantastic uh, opportunity of that. So, you know, you were working at a, I think a construction technology company recently. Um, and one of the things that, um, or I mean, you know, one of the things you'd mentioned to me was, um, you know, some of the transformational processes, what, what are some things that you think you've had to transform recently? Um, so, so I'm working in BuildOuts and it's a construction tech company. And as I mentioned um, on our conversation earlier, um, so our uh, stakeholders uh, are coming from the construct from construction companies. So basically they're used to traditional habits um, or, most of them didn't have an, uh, have the experience uh, working with technology at all. Like all they know is Excel spreadsheets because eventually they need to um, manage projects like building, building buildings and they don't need technology to do so because, um, and again, because one a project or they can even use the technology, but it's very simple and not that innovative, um, mainly maybe um, uh, managing suppliers uh, because they don't, they don't need AI or any kind of technology to help them build a building. Um, so what BuildUs is doing, so we're basically building a, a CRM, but it's not just a CRM for, for constructions uh, companies, but also um, we're making sure that we are helping them to monitor the progress of, our, of, the, of, of the building of the project and um and create alerts uh comparing you know the the actual um progress of 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 the project with the design 
So, and this is what the, the AI and algorithm is doing. So they can monitor the project on, uh, on real time. And, basically, and it's very, by the way, very, very similar to what Revenue Operations is doing because as they want to create transparency and create uh, um, alerts an alert system to monitor the progress of the project, we're doing the same. We're creating um, um, processes and we're creating uh, uh, infrastructure to help the go-to-market teams to make sure that they are on top of their pipeline, on top of their leads, on top of their uh, um onboarding projects, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think that um, you can see how technology is doing so well with helping everyone to just not just contribute to the process, but also contribute the data and also helping us uh, transform the, the data into business insights to make sure that we're sending a message or we are helping uh, management or go-to-market leaders to understand exactly what it what is happening uh, in the field and this is what's create transparency so you're not just you are you can monitor the team progress but you can also see um what is how the company or how the uh, the business is doing and i think and this is uh what's so beautiful in in this uh in this profession or in what we're doing that's awesome by the way i'm gonna backtrack that question because i think um probably don't i've revealed that you i said past tense at Bill Dot. So I was going to rephrase that question again and tell the editing staff to change it. Um, so I know you're working at a company called Bill Dots. You mentioned that it's a construction technology company. I'm curious about some of the processes that you've had to radically transform there. And then we'll pause and then I'll have them edit it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so when you're working in a business like that, where, you know, your CRM, I'm not sure which one you're on, Salesforce or HubSpot, but you can use it as not just Salesforce. Oh, Salesforce. Okay, great. So not just an engine for tracking commercial activity, but also the post-sale implementation activity. So you're essentially using it as, as a project management tool. I think the power of that can be awe-inspiring for a company that is more analog than digital, seeing Salesforce do something that powerful. I'm curious how you've had to maybe sell up or change hearts and minds with a business that might have been, you know, that might come from a different industry altogether. Like for example, I came from, I worked previously at a transportation company at the intersection of technology and the cultures were very interesting. You had a lot of people on the transportation side of the house who've never worked in tech and you had a bunch of tech people. And so getting those two people together in one room, the cultures kind of clashed. And so there was a lot of selling. I'm curious how you had to deal with that. Um, I think first in Israel, like uh, Salesforce is very strong. So in most companies, you will see Salesforce as uh, the ruling CRM, um, even in uh, an early stage startup, although it's, it's a bit more expensive uh, than HubSpot, just because um, I think Salesforce allows you to be more agile and um, you can also use it, use the platform to build an actual 360 customer overview. And this is something that I've been doing in three different startups. Um, when, I'm, and when I was building and establishing um, the teams there is like, it's very easy to uh, design a solution and design uh, milestones um, to an, an, a seamless process and bring everyone into the table and work in one pl uh, platform, see everything. And then you also, uh, you're ensuring that you're creating transparency but 
it also gives you uh, the opportunity to make sure that every stakeholder is responsible for a specific milestone in the process. So, um, and sometimes, uh, so for, for me, like when I joined uh, BuildOts, I, one of, of the goals and my KPIs for the beginning was to implement uh, a software like Salesforce because, um, and I think you can also see it um, in several startups, like the, the like the change uh, of, of uh, management mindset or the founder's uh, mindset. Like they do see the value in bringing everyone together uh, into one tool, especially at early stage. Also, we are very trying to be very careful with the budget. So we want to make sure that we build a tax stack that is suitable, not just for the sales team, but also for other stakeholders in the process, because you don't want to start um, bringing uh, too many tools um, and integrate it with several platforms or different one. Like want to use one platform that brings everyone um, um, to the table. And I think also, and this is something that I've learned throughout my career. Like you don't want to exaggerate. We're bringing all the tools just because, um, you know, this sales rep used to uh, is used to it because in this previous, his previous company, he worked with it. Or this CSM, she worked with this tool because, and this is how it helps uh, helped her back then to uh, project uh, to manage their, uh, the project or manage the onboarding process. That you need to to think outside the box, but you also need to um, to ensure that you're using your resources smartly and carefully. Because then what you're doing is you're damaging the data. So it's like we're, we're I think we're juggling with a few different, I, I call it uh, the four pillars, like the people, the process, the enablement, and the technology. And we need to make sure that these four pillars are speaking with one another and not just, you know, uh, managing themselves in a chaos. I knew we'd get along, by the way. I, my, my four pillars of revenue operations are very similar. I always say um, it's very cheesy because I like, I like being cheesy. Strategy and execution are peas in a pod. P-E-A-S, process, enablement instead of process, but you mentioned, advisory and systems. So, yeah, very similar. Um, this is why we should have met earlier. <laughs> very- <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I- I think so. For me, advisory is 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 there with the processes. Um, um, strategy sits there also with the people and and uh, and processes and also technology because you cannot build like you cannot bring tools or build a tech stack without a strategy. You cannot build processes without understanding the company or each go-to-market channel strategy. Because eventually what we're doing is we're helping uh, the go-to-market leaders to understand if their own strategy is good or not. Or we can also recommend them how to improve it so they can not just build a scalable uh, process, or uh, but also a scalable team um, and also a scalable company. So everything is like... So I divide it to, to four uh, major pillars just because, you know, we also want to make sure that we are focused. We are focused on one goal and uh, we're making sure that uh, our teams uh, knows how to use the systems, but they also understand the process and they also understand how uh, their teammates um, 
process or what it means when they go to the onboarding, let's say sales. Sales are so focused on sales, like they manage opportunities, they manage everything. But when it comes to upsell or renewals and and it's some companies, you know, uh, sales are managing that. Some companies, account managers sits under either sales or customer success. So it's very, very vague even in regards to structure. So, but everyone needs to understand what is everyone is doing in the process because this is how we're also making sure that we are contributing to the success of each team. So customer success contributes to marketing and also sales and sales to marketing and customer success and marketing to the full funnel as well. So, um, yeah, so I think this is how I see it. That's perfect. Yeah, I think the way to think about that is defining your process end to end, uh, a life cycle, so to speak, and each step along the way has a racy or a responsible, accountable, contributing, informed who owns that part of the process? What do you do? So what are your standard operating procedures there? If it's well-documented, fantastic, even better actually. And then it, the systems are fit for purpose, right? There's not a lot of workarounds. You're not having to tab out to different tools. And then you have these conversion rates, you know, because you can see how much you're getting through the next stage. And those conversion rates allow you to see, um, to judge whether you're improving a process or not. One thing that I always thought it was interesting was, um, Speed to lead. Speed to lead is a very measurable metric. Um, in fact, it, the name, the naming convention of it suggests so. And it's it's one of the first metrics that I try to teach um, new folks getting into revenue operations. I'm like, here, let me show you a real example of a metric that you can measure right now. Speed to lead. It's in the name, and the goal is when someone submits the name on a form on the website, like a demo request, get a stopwatch turn it on and see how long it takes for one of their SDRs to email or call you. If they don't call you till tomorrow, that's a bad sign. Go to their competitor's website, do the same thing. If they call you in five minutes, you probably know who's outperforming the other, like right away, just in that five minutes. Oh, that's good. I yeah, you thought about it. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, for those out there who are looking for jobs and you're thinking about this new shiny brand, test that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, but I think you also, what's changing uh, is um, I started working uh, um, based on uh, account-based or ABX methodologies, like it's no more ABM, it's ABX, customer-led approach. I, I think um, we see the transition of moving from, you know, um, marketing, generating leads, and then SDRs are calling them uh, like in... Uh, between five minutes to two hours depends on on the threshold, but like it's more it's it's, it's we transition into uh, targeting accounts, right, and into um, um, educating the market more, and not just having calls uh, all the time. And I think it also, and this is a metric um, that I started uh, recently to measure a lot. In in I, I did it in two companies like understanding more of the attribution and contribution. Um, yeah, we are moving to, and we can see it to an enterprise motion sale uh, methodology. And then the cycle becomes uh, much longer sometimes, even for SaaS companies, just because um, they are being very careful before they uh, bring a solution and, per and pay for a solution um, um, immediately like they did before. I think... Um, the, the recession times uh, taught us or teaching us that 
companies are very careful with building their tech stack. Um, they want to manage uh, their budget very carefully and, and they want to bring the must-have tools as, as we are, by the way, revenue operations. We are bringing the must-have tools before we are just, um, before um, um, going all over the place and bring some unuseful uh, uh, tools to, to the go-to market teams. And, and yeah, and, and I think this helps you also better understand and create transparency um, on, the, on the cycle, on the life cycle of, of not just the lead, but also the company, the, the prospect and the customer. And I think also investing a lot of resources and, um, pr- and investing in the process and measuring, like uh, building metrics um, on how you grow the, the lifetime value of the customer instead of just bringing new logos all the time. And yeah, bringing new logos is important. We have to like we have to make sure that we are doing that. This is how co- a company is growing. But you also need to make sure that your your customer is happy because then, and this is a great metrics because you can use it later to land and expand and use it for marketing purposes to generate more leads based on case studies, uh, references, and other activities that customers as ambassadors um, give... Uh, give you uh, as um, you know as a gratitude to to the great experience that they're having with with the, the product so, so I've always said that the last two years have been you know renewal is the new new right we have always played yeah. offense for so long acquisition 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 <laughs> and nowadays it's you know that upsell that expansion that renewal that's become a core focus as businesses have started to slim down to their core. So I know we're getting to the end of the show. There's a last segment that I did I did warn you about a little bit that imagine yourself going into a time machine to revisit your younger self. I'm curious what advice you'd give young Leor um, as you're entering into your career. Don't give up <laughs> or keep saying no. I, I'm doing that right now, but I think um, um, since revenue operations is very new, I'm, I'm, sometimes you know I get frustrated why companies are not understanding the purpose, why we're, they're not seeing the value, why they are seeing us more of a technical than a strategic um, point of view, why they're not understanding how we can contribute to the decision-making process, but you know m- help them become more data-driven and actually um, shed some light on on questions that they are afraid to to ask, and I can understand that. But um, and sometimes I, I I I have these moments of giving up, but I know that um, I'm still telling myself, don't give up. Like uh, we are important. Like if customers, like for example, customer success t- ten years ago, nobody knew what it is. Uh, we didn't like. I remember when I as a junior, we saw support people, but we we did. No, cost, no CSMs, TAMs, or anything that is related to the customer relationship processes. So I do have hope uh, for revenue operations. And um, yeah, and also keep saying no. Like it's, um, you're not going to be like, if you think that people are going to see you as a blocker, that's a shame because eventually they would understand that you're saying no, not because you want to block them, because you want to help them not to do the same mistakes or like um, block them from from being inefficient or just damage the data and clean it all the time. So, well, thank you for again for joining us. For all the listeners, how can folks learn and connect with you? Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. 
Um, and I have my email address even on my LinkedIn and you can uh, shoot me a direct message. Um, I'm trying to be very responsive. If I'm not answering, sometimes it takes me a day or two. But uh, yeah, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's the best channel today to have professional conversations. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again for joining us.